This week, Dead or Alive, you're coming with RoboCop. This is Body Count and Beer. Hello and welcome to another edition of Body Counts and Beer. I am Mark Rosenthal. I am Patrick Bromley. According to my perp sheet, I'm still John Rooney. And tonight we are talking about the 1987 classic RoboCop. Robot noise, robot noise, gunshot, gunshot. (laughs) Your move, creep. From the director of Showgirls, the writer of Starship Troopers, and the star of Naked Lunch comes a RoboCop. A movie about consumerism and capitalism and Jesus and all of the murders. Uh, I don't know what movie you were watching. The one I saw was about a robot cop. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, they called him Robocop for short. Well, they called him Robo as in his first name and Cop as his surname. They do say, go Robo at one point, <laughs> which I did like. Was that during the basketball tournament to root him on for his sweet slam dunks? I think it was during that bitchin' New Year's Eve party. <laughs> <laughs> so RoboCop begins, like all great movies do, with a fake news telecast. <laughs> Well, actually, I appreciate just how, unlike this podcast, how much time this movie does not waste. The first thing we see is straight up the title, RoboCop. And then, boom, let's talk about all the crazy things happening in our world. And it is a lot of crazy things. Uh, The Reagan-era Star Wars project is a resounding success with an orbital peace platform in space. Which accidentally shoots people. (laughs) Yes, later on in the movie we find out during a news break that a laser blows up in like Santa Clara, California or something like that and kills several former presidents. (laughs) Kills a hundred other schmucks. There's a lot of uh, geopolitical tension in South Africa. They just got a French-made neutrino bomb with three megaton yield. Yeah. yeah. Which uh, they're going to use as the city's last defense. <laughs> yeah, somehow South Africa has become a city-state. There is a lot of amazingly good world-building in this yeah. movie. And strange. But then we get treated to a beautiful commercial for an artificial heart company, including their sport heart line. Yeah. <laughs> In case you need a new heart and you need to be able to play badminton. <laughs> I like that badminton's your go-to sport. It's very strenuous. It's uh, one part cardio, one part sitting around waiting for someone to clean up the birdie after it hits the net. <laughs> I believe it's called a shuttlecock, John. It, it most definitely is. You're a shuttlecock. <laughs> oh. John wins. All right. <laughs> Sorry, my, my uh, body was taken over by the spirit of Andrew Dice Clay for a moment. <laughs> Hickory dickory dock. I made a joke about a shuttlecock. I did it. Hey, nice. Yeah. Send us all your money, 1990s stand-up comedy boom. <laughs> All right, so after the fun little commercials and world building, we, we kind of get to see what the world uh, uh, of Detroit in the near future is like. And we get a little bit of a look at who runs the police and its Omni Consumer Products. OCP, a mega corporation, is now running the local police, and they've got a little idea cooking to save some lives. Is it called RoboCop? It's, it's not. Not. 
It's called Ed 209, a giant chicken gun monster thing that <laughs> growls like a jaguar, squeals like a pig, and murders civilians. <laughs> if there were a mech warrior that came out of like a mech warrior pygmy race, this would be the mech warrior that, that came to be. <laughs> And in a uh, theme that will run throughout the entirety of this movie, they decide to beta test it on their boardroom. Yes. Yeah. yeah, Ronnie Cox, who plays Dick Jones, who's sort of like the second in command of OCP, brings in his new project, the Ed 209. Uh, it's built for urban pacification, <laughs> uh, and they're planning to have it on the streets soon. It's built. And so they have some poor schmucko intern uh, pull a gun on it. It immediately tells him, drop your weapon, you have 20 seconds to comply. He drops the weapon, you have 15 seconds to comply. And everyone frantically, like, tries to shut it down, and it's having none of it. Yeah, it is clear that they have lost all control over this bipedal death machine. (laughs) And the poor schmucko intern guy keeps trying to, like, hide behind people? And they keep shoving him back toward the kill zone. Well, I mean, there are no heroes in this situation. (laughs) Well, there aren't. Eventually, the 20-second clock runs down, and this guy takes about all the bullets? Yeah, a good 15, 20 bullets. Like, more bullets than is justifiable. Yeah. Insofar as one is crossing the line. (laughs) He is perforated. (laughs) And I love the response to it is just someone goes, Does someone want to call a goddamn ambulance? That's it. With a parliament in their mouth and just a sidearm, just, We're getting you out of here! One of those phones that you have to wind up. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and then the boss of OCP is just like, Dick, I'm very disappointed in you. Our insurance premiums are going to go through the roof. You may have noticed this movie was made in the 80s. Sure, and by cocaine. (laughs) But then upstart VP Bob Morgan will... Morton. Morton. Yeah, like the salt. Like the salt. Crazy. Uh, he will intercede there with the old man and offer his own possible policing solution, the RoboCop program. And the old man, who is the boss of the company, recognizes that as the title of the movie that they're in and says, yes, I approve the RoboCop. <laughs> yeah, he does. Well, he wants he wants a briefing in 20 minutes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, uh, and this is where we meet Alex Murphy, played by the uh, amazing Peter Weller, who is, uh, if you're not familiar with Peter Weller, he is a skeleton with some skin on him. (laughs) And all of the rouge. (laughs) He wore his good rouge to the job interview today. Alex Murphy shows up at the Detroit uh, new precinct for him in in old Detroit. He's been transferred there, and he is uh, super cool. He is a really great cop. He's got... uh, Beautiful rosy cheeks that could warm even the coldest of hearts and sharp cheekbones for all of your cheese-cutting needs. (laughs) He's also great at spitting his gun on his finger, because this kid likes it. (laughs) What better way to delight your small child? Sure, than just waving around a loaded firearm, yeah. Look, everybody knows that guns don't kill people. They only entertain them and make them clap and laugh. (laughs) That's right. Right. Any clown will tell you that the first week is all gun tricks. (laughs) And you know, with a last name like Murphy, he's running plus four as a police officer. (laughs) (laughs) And so there's a little bit here with Bob Morton where we find out that he has specifically, specifically gone out and transferred prime candidates for the RoboCop program to 
dangerous parts of the city so that they're more likely to die. Which, for the record, is the entirety of the city. Right, of course. It yeah. is Detroit in 19... Uh, mild future. Yeah, mild future. Yeah, it's not, a, it's, it's not a spicy future. It's a nice mild future. It is a future verde. Yes. Alex Murphy and his new partner, Lewis... Uh, played by Nancy Allen, are called off on a little bit of a... But Lewis is a boy's name. That's her, I believe it's her last name. It is. Her name is Anne Lewis. Yes, they all refer to each other by their last names. Lewis, Murphy, Reed, it's cops. Morton. Cop stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's how cops do. Yeah. John, you never went to cop school? <laughs> Seriously. You know, my parents had a choice between cop school and no school, and they chose the wiser of the options. <laughs> They said I would only cause more debt and strain on the social systems that were there for other better people. <laughs> so Lewis and Murphy are called to uh, uh, get an APB out on Clarence Boddicker, the crime boss of Detroit, and his crew, and they've knocked off a bank. And we cut, we catch up with them in the back of their armored car, and they've got giant just crates full of money. Uh, and it's all burnt because they blew up the bank. Yeah. <laughs> and Boddicker's very upset. <laughs> well, because ha- there was so much money that had gotten burned in that. That clearly wasn't their plan A. Their plan sure. A was clearly leave peacefully with as much money as possible. But I guess someone was like, ah, what if we blew it up? Yeah. Also good. Right. See, this. The, the problem with these criminals is they are thinking too small. They are going for cash when they should be going for non-negotiable bearer bonds. Yeah. <laughs> if I know anything about 80s action movies, that non-negotiable bearer bonds are the uh, uh, currency du jour for uh, urban It terrorists. is the Cadillac of <laughs> yes. illegal money transactions. And if you blow up a bank vault full of them, they'll just sort of whip around like paper. They're completely indestructible. That's they don't right. get burned. I can't I can't even count how many scenes of bear bonds just flying around like snowflakes. I've seen. <laughs> completely undamaged. <laughs> So Murphy and Lewis catch up to the to the uh, 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 armored car, and they just kick the back door open and start firing shotgun shells. But Lewis and Murphy aren't there. Where are they? They're on the side of the car. Whoa! That's right. And Murphy's just two fists and two pistols, just firing away, hitting nothing. <laughs> Not that the uh, anybody's hitting him with uh, the several sure. guns that are firing. The back. nine shotguns that are going. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, uh, uh, <laughs> Murphy does hit somebody. He hits a guy in Boddicker's gang named Bobby. And Clarence Boddicker doesn't allow dead weight in his gang. No. So he very politely asks Bobby, Can you fly, Bobby? And then, I can't recall your resume at the moment, so you're going to have to refresh my memory. <laughs> Was that under special skills? Doesn't matter. Throws him out the back of a moving truck. Oh, no. Right into the windshield of the pursuant police. It's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty wicked. I I mean, to be fair, I was a bad guy, and one of my uh, fellow henchmen was uh, injured. I would definitely just throw him out at other people. That's a perfectly legitimate well, weapon as far as I'm concerned. Remind me to never rob a bank with you. Uh, I'll remind you not to get injured when we rob the bank. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't throw out a perfectly healthy human being <laughs> capable of wielding a weapon. <laughs> so this uh, Bobby Bomb stops the cops uh, briefly, detains them, but then they catch up and they meet 
Boddicker and his gang at their warehouse hideout. Lewis gets knocked out <laughs> by a criminal because she takes the time to look at his junk. Well, now, for some context, the criminal was previously urinating on the side of the building yes, and when then he, Lewis uh, snuck, sneaked? She snooked? Sneaked? Snooked? Yes. Snuck. She snicked? She snuck a, she uh, any snuck pedantics out there, please call our live chat line and let us know the <laughs> proper word for in past tense sneaking. He asks if he can zip up first. She stares at him for a minute and then for just a split second is like... Well, let's see what he's working with down here. Right, as per police procedure, sure. you need to make sure that, you know, is is his penis in any, any danger if it's sure. not zipped up? Because that's a liability issue. Very much. If his penis were to get injured during the course of the arrest... That's right, of course. You, know, you don't want to have to sign all that paperwork. I get it. <laughs> so I she just... looks down, and he knocks her off a balcony onto the ground where she's knocked out for a couple of seconds. And not, that, not for a long time. But, and yeah. that unfortunately leaves Alex Murphy to be surrounded by all the criminals where he is then brutally murdered. Yeah. He gets his hand blown off with a shotgun. And then he gets filled with, I don't know, 100, 200 bullets. A, a lot of shotgun shells. It's all shotguns. Is it all shotguns? They've all, they've all got shotguns <laughs> and they pump him full. They're, they each run through like 30 Rounds. I don't know. I lost count because I was uh, too busy catching up from the main bad guy making six million dollar man sound effect noises for himself. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 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 These are not on the soundtrack. This is literally the bad guy making his own fun. Uh, You gotta love your work. (laughs) Right, right, exactly. It's totally reasonable. You gotta take pride in what you do. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I get it. No, I'm terrified if I ever get into a fist fight, it'll all be me going. Murphy is uh, taken in by police. He's been shot about 600 times with shotgun shells, had his hand blown off with a shotgun, clean off of his arm, and then shot once in the face. And he is still way more alive than he has any right to be. Yes, he is still alive and they're trying to save him. Eventually, though, efforts fail and his eyes close. Only to wake up as digitalized. I'm I'm telling you, man, the lines of resolution on this are pretty sick. They're clearly rocking some kind of professional video monitor with at least a 420p. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's 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 got to be beta cam. There's scan lines. Sure. Well, there's scan lines, but there's no latency, so I assume they're using a nice RGB upscaler, like a Frame Meister or something like that. Wow, I don't know what that means. Oh, uh, they got some SCART cables up in there, buddy. I'll bet. Whoa, yeah, sync on Luma, bitch. <laughs> Bitches, what? I don't know if you guys knew this, but John worked for a uh, public access news station back in the 80s. That's how he knows all these things. I'm a time-traveling public access caveman. (laughs) Trying desperately to get a semblance of my old life back. Your world frightens and confuses me. President of his high school AV club, Well, see, the thing is, you really want to get your sync on Luma because that's going to give you a much better refresh rate than your sync on Composite. Oh, of course. Right. God help you if you're using RF. Oh, buddy, you're going to get so much (laughs) interference from that. Your Super Mario is going to look like super crap. I have no doubt as to why your teachers (laughs) let you man the laser disc. (laughs) 
Uh, no, it was actually the uh, digital, uh, oh god, what were they? They were like these big discs that you would stick in and it would shoot the laser disc into the machine so you never actually touched the, the, the di- you can edit all this out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm just fascinated by this technology yeah, I've seriously. never heard of. Apparently John had a laser disc gun. <laughs> Shooting laser discs into laser disc players. <laughs> I believe that's the main weapon from uh, from that movie. We come in peace. <laughs> <laughs> so today I will be played by exclusively references to outmoded technology. <laughs> Correct. Mike yeah. will be played exclusively by a grab bag of eighties references. Yep. <laughs> it's all up to you, Patrick. Take us home. <laughs> and this is where we get kind of our first montage of the movie, definitely. Uh, and it's sort of a building RoboCop from the ground up montage, and it's all through his eyes, his 480p eyes, yeah. him looking at his soon-to-be arm, crushing someone's hand in a handshake. Well, again, so they, they have the main guy who's in charge of the RoboCop program, and they wheel in his cybernetic arm, and they're like, oh, go ahead, give it a handshake, and it nearly crushes his hand. Again, do not beta test your your hardware yeah, right. on board members. Yeah, I mean, it's very important. Like, So when they bring in the Ed 209, I, I can't believe I forgot this. So they bring in this giant police robot. It's loaded with ammunition, live rounds, and it malfunctions and murders a guy. Why do you... That, I feel like that's your fault. <laughs> uh, so Murphy finally is turned completely around into RoboCop. And he's brought to the local police precinct and immediately begins wowing the locals. Well, and this made me realize I missed something that I never realized I missed so much, which is robots that clearly have servos in them that make noise every time they move. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It is glorious. It is something that went away that I think we desperately need to get back to. I'm talking about the old C-3PO RoboCop. Oh yeah, it is great. A generation from now, school children will not be able to impersonate robots effectively, and that is a real tragedy for all of us. So RoboCop is finally unleashed on the police force. He comes into the shooting range, and everyone gathers around as he just blows away a moving target. With his automatic pistol. Sorry, are you right, John? I just had a very visceral response (laughs) to remembering that glorious RoboCop gun. His gun is a modified Beretta. It's gigantic. He fires... Each time he pulls the trigger, it fires like 40 bullets. Yeah. And he is aces with it. He is bullseyeing all the targets. Yes, he bullseyes the center mass. He does a headshot bullseye. He shoots off both targets arms yeah. and then shoots its neck and separates it from the head. It's awesome. It's real good. And all of the police officers are obviously very impressed, including our old pal Lewis. That's right. And when RoboCop finishes, he takes his gun, spins it around his finger, just like Murphy did. What? Murphy and exclusively Murphy That's in right. the history of human existence. Well, to, we found we found out <laughs> earlier that the reason Murphy does it is because this dumb kid likes a dumb show called TJ Laser about a guy Although, wearing skydiving gear who oh shoots my. lasers. It is so glorious. Now... The thing that you, that's that's truly wonderful about this movie is it manages to world build using a, a pure economy of information. There is a constant stream of background TV shows playing 
All of which I am fascinated by. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would watch 12 seasons of Laser Shooter Mr. Parachute Guy. It it's looks TJ Laser. I don't listen when you guys <laughs> no, no. talk to me. Stop quote fingering me, John. <laughs> That's gross. It's terrible to have to watch this. And TJ Laser is awesome because it makes me think of TJ Hooker, so I feel like hopefully that's William Shatner in those pants. Uh, no, because there wasn't a, a toupee on top of his helmet. That's how I know it wasn't. There was definitely some girdle strings hanging out from underneath his costume. Though, <laughs> that is so true, it's possible. Yeah. And he did smell like horses, so there's so, that. I'm just saying. I'm sorry, I just, uh, remember our good friend, our good friend Lorenzo has not only stopped listening to this podcast, <laughs> but he has Putting together his Kill Bill style murder list for each of us. That's fine. Send your angry tweets to at Body Count Cast. If you don't like my talking about Shatner's hairpiece or girdle, let us know about it. Please, someone contact us. <laughs> I was about to say, do we have a Twitter handle? We do. We've got, uh, I think, 11 followers. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Do they tweet at us? No. No. <laughs> Sometimes they retweet us, Ooh. and by some people, I mean my wife and and John's mom. <laughs> hey, uh, so speaking of 11, 11 is real close to 12, which was the number of apostles Jesus had. Speaking of Jesus, RoboCop. What the hell happens Whoa! next in this movie? <laughs> so RoboCop begins, this is the next montage. It comes hot on the heels of the other montage. And this is like RoboCop cleaning up the city. We get a little uh, convenience store robbery. RoboCop comes in. He punches the guy in the throat. Sends him flying about 40 feet through a glass cooler. That guy's dead. Super dead. Head (laughs) first through that cooler. And not only that, but damages so much stock. (laughs) Like beer cans are exploding, chip bags. Uh, There's probably a few Clark bars that are damaged. (laughs) Lots of eggs. Yeah, some zag nuts. Bag of cornmeal got it in that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it was Jiffy cornmeal. Yeah, it was. Ayers. (laughs) <laughs> the cornmeal you only buy in a jiffy. <laughs> and then uh, a woman is I'm being... I'm sorry, I just want to know what situations Patrick has been in where he needs cornmeal right now. Sometimes I made chili and I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say chili night. <laughs> My boss was coming over for dinner and I promised him cornbread to go with his chili. He's going to fire me if I don't provide. <laughs> Oh, that old classic sitcom standby. (laughs) Patrick, we don't have any cornmeal. It's fine. We'll put in this quick-dry concrete I just found. (laughs) I'm sure he won't know the difference. Oh, man. I promised both these brands of cornmeal I would take them to the dance. (laughs) What am I going to (laughs) do? A lady is being assaulted by two men. They're throwing bottles at her uh, and getting too fresh and familiar. And RoboCop proceeds to bulletly castrate one. Yeah, they definitely programmed RoboCop with a uh, secret agenda of irony. Yes, yeah. But what I love is that after this happens, uh, the woman runs up to him and and gives him a hug because she's so relieved that uh, the horrible thing did not happen to her. And he... Directs her to uh, crisis counseling, which is incredibly thoughtful of him. Yes, that's true. He is actually a great cop when it comes to dealing with civilians. He's the best cop. Yeah, he's a solid... 
cop. He's got a little bit of a problem with uh, justifiable use of force. Sure, in no, the sense no. that he just, everybody he touches gets killed. <laughs> <laughs> He's like the opposite of the Midas touch. Yes, yeah. <laughs> everything he touches turns to blood. <laughs> Legitimately, though, in old Detroit, in this movie, everyone is brandishing an assault weapon at almost all times. That's true. Well, now, we're about to get to my personal favorite scene of this movie, where the city hall has been taken over by terrorists. Right. This is the end of the the end uh, uh, of the montage. A guy who, uh, and it, a city it, manager, has lost his job, and he's taken the mayor hostage. It starts out great when they're, the police have, se- have, have sealed off the streets, they've put up that police tape, and Murphy just drives through the police tape. <laughs> Robocop just drives his car. As if to say, fuck you, police tape, I don't listen to shit, you got hey, nothing. That sweet matte black Ford Taurus will not stand for... Irresponsible use of police tape. <laughs> That's why the police department had to be bought out by a private corporation, is because they wasted too much money on things like police tape and. Uh, well, what he was doing is he was really. Birthday cake. He was showing the limitations of police tape. You can put up all the police tape you want, the criminals will just drive through them with their cars. It's like the ending of Batman Begins. Oh, that's right. Yeah, very well. So Robocop just walks into the building. And uh, no, the 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 city employee is making th- the best negotiations. Yes, demands the, the guy who's trying to talk him, the police officer whose job it is to try to negotiate with him. He's just, I want a recount, and whatever the recount is, I want to win, and I want a car with shitty gas mileage. Yeah. I want it with with rec- fully reclinable leather seats, and, no, and, and it gets <laughs> shitty gas mileage. And what yeah. I love is basically the other cop is acting like every used car dealer yeah. you've ever seen on television. He's like, well, the true coat, that comes on at the factory. I can't do anything about that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure at one point he even goes, hey, whatever you say, baby. <laughs> <laughs> And then RoboCop uh, is on the other side of the wall and uses his heat vision to scan and sees where the bad guy is and the hostages. So let me tell you how they shot this. Oh, please Uh, do. So normally in a movie like this, you would shoot it with an infrared camera and just get that. Well, Paul Verhoeven, the director of this movie, was like, that will cost too much money. Here's what I'm going to do. Get me the actors, strip them naked, paint them in neon body paint, and I'll shoot it that way. And that's how they did it. <laughs> he shot it like a Moomenschanz thing. It's wow. ridiculous. Well, and I mean, that's, that is something to, to this movie, is that it clearly struggled under its budget. Obviously, no reasonable human being had any good idea to give Paul Verhoeven enough money right. to make any movie well, this is his first, let like, alone Robocop right and this is his first like big American movie but the thing is like it is so artistically executed that the budget is completely meaningless it, he, he makes it look like uh, easily a 30 million dollar movie oh absolutely it looks fantastic I mean they use a lot of stop motion effects for like the Ed 209 uh, they use uh, all the digital effects are done on a, com- a Commodore Amiga computer <laughs> you know it, it is there's a lot of map painting like really well done matte paintings, great squib work. Like they really made it work within the budget that they were given, and it's kind of amazing to think that a guy like Paul Verhoeven, who ne- who'd only directed one English language movie before, and it was a very low budget movie, would be given the reins for something like this. It's just really amazing, especially considering that when they first gave him the script, he threw it in the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> 
He read the front page and saw it said RoboCop, and he was like, that is stupid. And he threw it in the garbage. And it was his wife who dug it out of the garbage and read it and was like, oh, there's more to this than just a robot cop that kills people. Honey, honey, what is this Judge Dredd script doing in our garbage can? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Put it back where you found it, honey. No, I think you should read it. It's pretty good. <sighs> oh, but now there's spaghetti all over it. <laughs> <laughs> Have them send me another. Paul Verhoeven only eats spaghetti. Everyone knows this. He's, he's, oh, well, he only eats apparently one bite of spaghetti and throws the rest in the garbage. He's a tortured artist, and tortured artists don't need to eat that much. <laughs> they actually only eat Chef Boyardee spaghetti at that. It is because they are filled with self-loathing and doubt. Yeah. There's not enough room for spaghetti. <laughs> so RoboCop uh, saves the day by punching through the wall. To grab the hostage taker, and uh, he lets off a bunch of bullets, not that it matters, and he saves the day. And RoboCop is the talk of the town. Yeah. We get another little media break here, and we see RoboCop. He's at a school playground, and a bunch of kids are following him around, and then he turns around real quick. He turns and around and gives him one of those, out. like, he gives him one of those, ha! Like, he's, like he's having fun. He's having yeah. a real good and time. Yeah, the kids freak out. <laughs> Then they ask him for a quote, which I think is hilarious. Yeah. They asked the, like, robot for a quote, and his quote was, uh, uh, stay out of trouble. Kids, stay out of trouble. Stay out of trouble. Just say no no to trouble. I thought for sure it was going to be just say no to drugs. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because there is a long pause when he's asked for a quote and when he actually delivers it. And I'm like, winners don't do drugs. Winners don't do drugs. No, instead, he demands that they stay out of trouble. It's not like a stay out of trouble, kids. It's a stay out of trouble, or I will shoot you. I have no emotions about ending your life. <laughs> it's the You know what it is? It's the exact same tone that Rick James says, Temptation Sing, in Super Freak. <laughs> Where it's not, he's not asking the legendary Temptations to sing for him. He's saying, Temptation Sing! You will do what I say! I am Rick James! <laughs> <laughs> it's that tone. That's yeah. the tone he uses. Yep, yep. The Rick James tone. <laughs> and then he plays bass. I don't know if you knew that. Robocop's a great bass player. <laughs> He's got the fingers for it. He's got the timing of a machine. Oh! Sing! So now we get a little bit. There's this great little scene at OCP where Bob Every Morton, time you say OCP, I think ICP. I keep thinking you're referencing the gathering of the Juggalos, and I get very afraid. Well, there was that scene where Bob Morton goes into the bathroom, and then he went through the tunnel of love to Beverly Hills 187, <laughs> he and he let over. the great Malenko out of the chest, out of the riddle box, and then Jake and Jack Jekyll uh, 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 tossed our souls back and forth and we ended up in Shangri-La with the Wraith. Yes, those are a bunch of ICP album titles that I know somehow, don't ask me why. He turns over the final Joker card and it was God all the whole time. <laughs> one more, just one more notch in the in the belt that says that this movie's about Jesus. <laughs> yeah, we get a nice little scene uh, in the OCP bathroom where Bob Morton and a buddy of his are. Uh, talking about Bob's success, he's been promoted to vice president. He he went on live on the news and told them that their projections show that RoboCop will end all crime in the city within forty days. Now, is that like like jaywalking, illegal movie pirating, all crime, crime. John? 
all of it. Every jaywalker shot in the head. Yeah. You wouldn't download a movie because RoboCop will find you. He's got a special blade in his armor dedicated to the art of hacking. Bob Morton is in the bathroom shit-talking Dick Jones. Who should come out of the toilet but Dick Jones? And I love his his entrance is foreshadowed by everyone else in the bathroom <laughs> hurriedly leaving, whether they are done urinating or not. Yeah, yeah and he even gets some pants covered in urine as guys are running out. Yeah, now here's, the, here's what this means. Dick Jones is in the toilet, and we know he's in the toilet because we see a shot from inside the toilet with his pants around his ankles. So he's clearly dropping a deuce. Right? Yeah. So here's the thing. Everybody in the bathroom, and it's like 20 guys, yeah. all saw him go into that stall. Right? Yeah. Because otherwise they wouldn't have known to run away. Right, right, right. How long were they all in there just standing around in the bathroom? <laughs> Wait, never mind. It's 1987. They were all doing cocaine. Oh, yeah, I figured cocaine. it out. It yeah. all makes sense yeah. now. What I love is this movie is unplot holeable because all of the plot holes are just covered in mounds upon mounds <laughs> of cocaine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Dick Jones comes out and he threatens Bob Morton a little bit. Saying, you shouldn't have gone over my head, you shouldn't have done this, you gotta have respect for your elders. And Bob Morton is like, beep, 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 I'm George Clooney's cousin, beep, 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 Rosemary Clooney's my aunt, beep, 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 tune in for Twin Peaks, CBS at 8 o'clock, beep, beep, beep. And, uh. Bob the, Jones tries to touch his hair really creepily yeah, after Dick that. Jones, Dick, Dick Jones, Dick Jones. Like, Touches, yeah, like he like runs his fingers ever so gently through his hair. Well, I mean, could any of us honestly say we would resist running our hands through that luxurious mane? Sure, no, it's pretty beautiful that thinning head of <laughs> gingery type hair. I don't know. It, it's, yeah, it don't looks know, like man. it looks like the kind of hair your hand would get stuck in if you tried <laughs> yeah. to do that. It looks, you know, what it looked like? It looked like just a kind of a really bad scarecrow. Yeah. <laughs> That seen better days. I think what it was is in the 80s, uh, every, every man must have had a pact where, look, we're all going to go bald at some point. Some of us are going to get plugs. Some of us are going to get toupees. So let's all just make the promise now that hair will look terrible across the board. Yeah. <laughs> Constantly. That way no one will feel bad. <laughs> Sorry, the hair thing just got me. Recover from that one, Mark. I can't. <laughs> Goodbye, world. Oh no! <laughs> but I believe at this point, back at uh, in RoboCop's secret lair place with his scientists, uh, he's... you mean the police precinct? <laughs> yeah, but he's got like his own it's not annex. A yeah, yeah. yeah he where did that come from? Yeah. People's desks are now on top of other people's desks <laughs> in order to give him all the space that he has. It's clearly like the old break room. Like they, <laughs> yeah. they took away the break room and they made it just for RoboCop's chair. And it's incredibly lived in, too, because all of the other scientists clearly have styrofoam containers left over from their McDLTs. Yeah. <laughs> so RoboCop is plugged into his little recharging chair and he's getting the shakes and the jitters, and oh my gosh, he's having a night terror! <gasps> Machines can't do that! He's uh, reliving his own death! And he witnesses it again, and it, it ends with Boddicker shooting him in the head, and then like his thing flatlines, and he just gets up, and he's like, that's it. I'm putting an end to crime tonight! <laughs> <laughs> and he rushes out 
at the pace of walking. Yeah, at the whole pace of walking. He is incapable of running, but really, come on, does he need to? No, right. he's exactly. RoboCop. He and he, they programmed him with a very distinct, like, little sachet in his step. He's got a little bit of a swagger, yeah. <laughs> He uh he starts leaving and he finally runs into Lewis. Lewis stops him and she's like, "What's your name? Do you remember your name, Murphy? It's you." And he like freaks out a little bit and he's like, "Excuse me, Officer Lewis. There's a crime happening somewhere." <laughs> Which and, is like, true all the time. Yeah, no. that is not prophetic. <laughs> that is not intelligent. You can say that at any moment and any day and be a hundred percent correct. <laughs> the world is a big, scary, rudderless place. It is fueled entirely by conflicting human desires. Crime is inevitable, a hundred percent. Oh, well, get out there and vote, kids. <laughs> I guess it's time to take off these rose-colored glasses <laughs> and put in my beer goggles. Whoa! Let's talk about RoboCop. <laughs> RoboCop finds Emil. He is one of uh, Boddicker's henchmen. Emil is knocking over a, a gas station. Uh, there's a little nerdy guy. I thought for sure you were saying a meal. Yeah. <laughs> he decided to stop at a Taco Bell, roll yes. the dice on a seven-layer burrito just to see what would happen. Uh, his name was Emil. That his was his name. Was name. Yeah, his name was Emil. No, I got it. I caught up. He was the guy on ER who had a helicopter fall. No, I get it. It's just I had my sweet seven-layer burrito zinger in the chamber. <laughs> I had to get that out to the world. It was the next one under the hammer, right? I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> Sorry, I wrote out all of my jokes ahead of time. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. All right. I'm on great. that. I'm on the Taco Bell portion of my stand-up routine. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just imagining like your jokes in the revolver. It's like the bullets. <laughs> in Eddie Valiant's gun when he goes to Toontown and Roger Rabbit and it's just each bullet has its own like village person personality yeah. like there's a cowboy there's an Indian there's a pirate construction worker so it's just like a revolver and it's just like Taco Bell joke UHF joke some kind of cable joke I'm just waiting for you to get to like the Poochie bullet. Oh, that's on there. Don't you worry. <laughs> that is the be? Russian roulette of this podcast. <laughs> Ooh, every, sentence, deer hunter. every sentence is a random number generator of will I say a Poochie reference. <laughs> that's right. Random number generator was next on my joke list. <laughs> oh, well, that I was am a- the king of jokes. <laughs> you clearly rolled a one and that was a catastrophic failure. Oh, no. <laughs> Critical fail! D&D was the next on my list! No! The eye of the beholder looks well upon our podcast this night, my friends. Praise be to Paylor, and all his light may shine upon us. No, Patrick, don't cast your spell. He has magic armor that reflects all of it back onto you! Let me go through my bag of holding and see if I can pull out some manner of object that will help us. It turns out the DM decided that this bit went on too long and we all rolled 20s. <laughs> 11 followers on Twitter, you say? <laughs> so far. <laughs> Don't worry, by the end of this, we'll get that down to two. <laughs> so when that happens, thanks, my wife and John's mom, for sticking around. Or so at least em- not unfollowing. <laughs> <laughs> so Emil is knocking over a gas station. And being a real dick about it, 
Yeah. Because this poor guy who works there just happens to be reading a book about plane geometry. Well, not only that, but he robs the he robs the place and then says, "Oh, I'm also gonna fill up my tank of gas." Please excuse me. Yeah. I will be pointing a gun at you for the next awkward four minutes. <laughs> yeah. I also like that he berates him the whole time because the uh, gas station manager attendant guy is studying... Plane he, geometry. Plane geometry. And he calls him college boy. And say what you want about the dystopian future of RoboCop, but the idea that you can still finance a math degree as a gas station attendant... <laughs> Everything's well, clearly not... Everything hasn't gone to pot. What it is is Emil is just really bad at small talk. He just feels really <laughs> self-conscious and uncomfortable, so he lashes out and rejects them before they can reject him. <laughs> well, that's because Emil didn't make it through junior college. Yeah. Don't worry, listener. He'll be turned into a mutant and run over in the near future. <laughs> yes, he will. Robocop notices this crime happening from upon the freeway, shows up, and uh, they probably blow the gas station up. Yeah, they do. Really cool scene. Yes. No, not before Emil stares bewildered at RoboCop and shouts, "But we killed you!" Because he but recognizes we you. He recognizes that killer zinger that Murphy had, which is "Dead or alive, you're coming with me." That's right. Murphy had a catchphrase before he was RoboCop. That's right. He does. Murphy was actually excellent at brand management. <laughs> So Emil uh, tries to fire on Robocop to no avail. He lights a cigarette and throws into splashing gas, blows up the entire gas station sky high. But Robocop is Robocop and is unaffected by fire and just walks out, shoots Emil's bike out from underneath him. He crashes into a car. His body flies off of the motorcycle into the windshield, flies off of the car into midair. And hits the ground and just, like, rolls and is still alive somehow. Yeah, yeah. he's got a few bruises on his neck, but otherwise he's pretty good. Yeah, he's in remarkably good shape. And you know what's even more baffling? I'm just realizing now, he does not get arrested for trying to rob... No, he does. He does. He does, does. we just don't see it. Yeah, we don't see it. Because later, when he turns up later... uh, He's wearing his prison jumpsuit, but he got out because the police went on strike. That's right. Spoilers. Yeah, spoilers for... (laughs) Two minutes from now. Yeah, right. <laughs> so Robocop uh, begins kind of going after all of Boddicker's men. He finds Ray Wise's character in a nightclub. Now, no, Ray we're Wise. skipping something important, though. And that's where Robocop goes back to the police office and then jams some sort of massive right. metal spike yeah, he's into got exactly, the police computer. He's got one Wolverine claw that yeah. apparently is super elite at hacking. Yeah. Checking off Marvel yeah. Comics and elite hacking reference. We are making <laughs> excellent time. <laughs> are we? It's four. I don't know. <laughs> so he jams this big hacker spike into the computer and gets all of Emil's known, uh, what is it? Accomplices. Accomplices. Yeah. Accomplices, yeah. Robocop, he tracks down Ray Wise's character in a nightclub. Ray Wise decides to fight back against Robocop the only way he knows how, with a kick to the groin. With a metal groin. Does not work. No, and it makes a great, like, satisfying, like, frying pan to the face sound. <laughs> like a, like, it's really great. It's really close to a Boeing sound. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's very nice. Finally, Boddicker shows up at some weird, like, cocaine factory. Well, it's a very... It's clearly... Uh, 
This and is it's a, fancy this is cocaine. A, yeah, this is a cocaine factory that takes a lot of pride in its work. Right, all their cocaine are put into like little beakers. Yeah, little yeah. glass beakers. The guy who runs it is wearing this very nice like open wide lapel red dress shirt, <laughs> and he's walking around with a glass of red wine. It in his took cocaine me. It factory. took me a good two minutes into this scene of squinting to realize that he was in fact not Jeffrey Tambor. Yes, <laughs> but oh my god, does he look like Jeffrey Tambor? Hit some pavement on his. Hall. Yeah, he's like Glenn Tambor. <laughs> he's bald with that hey now Hank mustache. And Boddicker tries to threaten him into giving him a discount because yeah, he runs good. crime in this town and the whole thing gets interrupted when Robocop shows up and just starts laying waste to everybody. Shoots everyone. Yeah, he's just pumping bullets into everyone. He takes out all Boddicker's men, the coke guys. Cocaine is literally... Exploding everywhere. There's a giant dust cloud of cocaine. Which again, if you're wondering things like why do they keep shooting him when they know he's bulletproof and why don't they just run away? It's because they are inhaling cocaine at right. this point. Yeah. There is a giant parallax fart cloud of cocaine, <laughs> cocaine yeah. flying around the area. <laughs> and finally, Robocop, it's Robocop and Boddicker. They finally come face to face. And Boddicker's like, oh, you can't do this. I work for your guy. Robocop throws him through a glass window. (laughs) No, you can't do this, you idiot. I'm protected. Robocop throws him through another glass window. (laughs) He says, I work for OCP for Dick Jones. Robocop throws him through another glass window. And it is each time it is satisfying. It is never not the best thing in the world to see this. Because they, he is cartoonishly villainous. Yes, the yeah. entirety yeah. of the movie. Well, he's, and not in that like charming Joker way where you're kind of you want him to do bad things. Like every time he is on screen, you just want him to be murdered immediately. Yeah. So he gets thrown through a bunch of windows, and he finally gets arrested. And he he brings him to the police precinct and throws him there, tells him to book him, and then walks away, proud of his job. Yeah. And who does he go after? Dick Jones. Dick Jones. And Dick Jones is, like, waiting for him. Yeah. He's ready for him. Yeah. He opens the doors. Robocop comes in. He's like, you're under arrest. He's like, oh, well, arrest me then. And then Robocop can't arrest him. Not only can he not arrest him, but he is crippled with unnecessary pain and suffering. That's right. So when Robocop first becomes Robocop, he has three directives to uphold the law uh, protect the people and serve the public trust. Yeah, and there's a fourth secret directive, and this is where we find out that the secret directive is that anytime he tries to do anything against a member of OCP's board, he goes into shutdown mode. So he is just like crippled and racked with pain, and he's been shot and had inhaling cocaine. It's been a rough day for Robocop. <laughs> And then Dick Jones is just real smug about it. Yeah. And then he brings in his Ed 209 that he's keeping as a pet. I yeah. mean, wouldn't you? It makes adorable raptor noises. Yeah. That's true. It does make adorable raptor noises. I mean, here's the thing. Ed 209 was clearly uh, designed with an eye towards children marketing. Yes, absolutely. It's absolutely. like if you could combine a puppy and a submachine gun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So the Ed 209 starts firing rockets at Robocop inside Dick Jones' office. Yeah. Yeah. And Dick Jones utters one of the greatest lines ever. He gets on his phone and says, there's trouble in the tower. (laughs) 
which how has that not been a movie unto itself? Yeah. <laughs> Why is that not the tagline for literally all movies that ever need to come out? True. That's that should have been the tagline for Die Hard. Yeah, <laughs> Trouble, in the Trouble in the Tower. It's... What I love is it sounds it sounds like a uh, Polly Shore movie gone horribly <laughs> wrong. <laughs> Polly Shore in Trouble in the Tower <laughs> with Andy Dick <laughs> and Sean Astin. <laughs> Dick Jones uh, uh, six the Ed 209 on Robocop. It's firing rockets. Robocop finally gets away, and he runs, he goes down a set of stairs, and Robocop's messed up. He gets punched in the face by the Ed 209. He's taking bullets all over the place. His armor's messed up. One of his, like, his little eye visor's, like, broken. You can see his eye behind it. And he gets, uh, he runs down these stairs, and Ed 209 comes to the stairs, and this is where we find out the big fatal flaw of the Ed 209 <laughs> is that it can't go downstairs. And it's I just, so I, cute. I love it. I lo- it's such perfect satire of uh, like over-designed military hardware that overlooks a very simple question, yeah. which is, what if there are stairs? Sure. This happens all the time in fiction. The Daleks are their greatest weakness. Also stairs. Tick off, Doctor Who reference. <laughs> Uh, but it's it plays so brilliantly into the broader theme of satirizing consumer culture. Sure, right. It, it's it, it. A lot of people like to point this up in a real snide way of like, man, they didn't think it could go up and down. Well, no, they didn't because they're cocaine idiots. Yeah. <laughs> That's the point of the movie. So the sweet Ed 209 falls down the stairs. It and immediately it becomes it immediately becomes adorable. <laughs> yeah, it becomes a and it's got a squealing pig sound. So it's just like wee wee wee. And it's just kicking its legs and arms and, and the, it's the, up. the personality of the stop motion animation really comes to bear. Where you can tell the Ed Two Hundred Nine is incredibly grumpy about the fact <laughs> that it can't get up right now. It is also mad at its designers. <laughs> It's just, it's just begging, just begging for like some bear to come out of the clouds and shoot him with a heart from its chest. He needs that. He needs that. It's the eighties. He needs it to cheer himself up. RoboCop escapes and uh, he goes down to the basement and he's surrounded by cops. There's cops everywhere. They're gonna take him out and they fire like everybody fires on RoboCop. Well, not everybody, because some cops, before they right. start shooting, some cops are like, but he's a cop, we can't shoot a fellow cop, we're gonna, this is part of our labor dispute now, and they <laughs> roll the hell out of there. So, your proud union loyal cops, they right. leave, but your dirty, <laughs> your dirty Pinkerton cops, they stay on. Those scab cops fire on RoboCop and mess him up pretty bad. Yeah. But he gets away just in time to run into Officer Lewis, and she spirits him away! And they're Matt Black Taurus, and they go to a junkyard warehouse. They go back to the same warehouse. Is it the same warehouse? It's the same warehouse. Yeah, they go back to the same warehouse. Which seems like a terrible idea. Right. You know the bad guys know about that warehouse. (laughs) Right. Boddicker and Dick Jones meet up, and this is where everything is confirmed that they work together. And then we get the great scene of Bob Morton and two models, and he's just doing all of the cocaine. He's snorting cocaine off one lady's leg. He's snorting more cocaine off one lady's cleavage. And what's weird is this should be that sleazy American psycho, ew, I hate this guy. But there is something so weirdly 
innocent about the behavior of all three of these people that it's like Betty Page. You're just like, right. they are having enormous amounts of fun right, right. now. Well, they are not hurting anyone. They are clearly all okay with everything that's happening right now. It is kind of adorable. They're clearly in the early cocaine-doing part of <laughs> what's going to happen in this evening. <laughs> sure, yeah. Sure, Listen, but like I'm, I'm saying, the, the, the everyone train... seems down with it, though. <laughs> oh, like, for no, sure. Nobody is, nobody's upset or angry. There's no question of consent. Everybody <laughs> is 100% on board. <laughs> you know when the train comes off the tracks, you know, at the back there, the tracks were still there. Yep. <laughs> and this is where the train just hasn't jumped yet. <laughs> and so there's a, a doorbell ringing, and he's like, oh, it's probably the champagne. And he also has, like, a personalized doorbell, too. Yep. He goes to the door, and it's Clarence Boddicker. And he walks in. He doesn't get one foot in the door before the first thing he says is, bitches leave. <laughs> and they do. And he immediately, his first gambit of conversation is, a uh, gendered slur, please? Yes. His second gambit is shooting Bob Morton in the kneecaps four times. <laughs> yeah. And then he pulls a grenade pin with his tongue? Well, now, first he puts in the futuristic DVD. Oh, that's right. Ooh, that's true. To I, play believe, I believe that was technically a Sega CD. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, because I did not see any street sharks in that. I did not see any <laughs> snatcher going on. Uh, there was definitely no uh, fucking... There's no Sonic, say, there, Sonic CD? There was no Corpse Brigade. <laughs> So John, maybe, maybe you could make a case for the fact that it was a Philips CDI because there was clearly <laughs> there was clearly no gameplay involved in this. It was just a choose your own adventure of Sherlock Holmes and plumbers don't wear ties. So, Bob, so I can't wait to see the coupons that you've earned from. <laughs> Like, your new egg redemption code after this episode is going to be insane. Oh, man. I'm being paid exclusively by a defunct hardware manufacturer. Right? Yes. Phillips is not happy with my work. John's going to walk out the door and, like, the chairman of Tiger Direct is going to hand him a briefcase full of cash. No, it's even and, better. And cash and, and like, dongles. Yeah, right. <laughs> Well, what it is, is it's better than cash. It's actually all of the unsold copies of Mario's Hotel. Uh, <laughs> Zelda the Wand of Gamelon. Oh, man, that's a bad game. <laughs> I played it. It's so terrible. So, Dick Jones is nice enough to record a smug little video for Bob, letting him know that, Bob, you're a piece of shit for going over my head. And to get back at you, I'm not going to do anything in the boardroom. I'm not going to get you fired. I'm going to have this maniac blow up your house. And what I love is it is consistently shown throughout the course of this movie that technology does not work in the way you expect it to. I really would have loved for there to be some way that, like, the audio didn't quite sync up with yeah. what was going on. Or, like, tracking problems. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> or he's, like, shot him in the shins instead of the kneecaps because he makes very explicit reference to, I bet you're on your knees right now begging for your life. And it just would have been great if that was not happening. And having the bad guy, oh, wait, 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 we, we've got a guy, I gotta rewind that part. You gotta hear <laughs> this. The client was very specific. Oh, oh god damn it, I went back too far. Oh, wait, is it two clicks to rewind within the track? Or, <laughs> uh, damn it, I'm back on the pre 
previous track. Fuck it, we're starting over. <laughs> we're doing it live. <laughs> so this kind of leads us to basically the final confrontation of the movie. Robocop and Lewis are at the bad guy's hideout, and he's fixing himself. He recalibrates his... Uh, firing targeting computer by shooting at little jars of baby food and Boddicker and his group of cronies show up and they begin the assault, like the big final fight. They are each armed with sniper rifles that make everything explode. Yes, each one of them has a 50 caliber sniper rifle that fire explosive ordnance. They use exclusively at close range. Yes, Yeah. yeah. And they're very light because they're all holding it with like one hand. <laughs> and firing from the hip. No one ever yes, aims. No one aims. Things. No. And so they come in, they just start blowing things away. Robocop is somehow like sneaking around, despite the fact that his every movement goes beep, beep. <laughs> well, he's activated his dampeners, you see. Oh, of course. Yeah. And Star Trek reference. <laughs> So Robocop takes out a couple of... He takes out uh, one guy, just shoots him a bunch of times. Uh, Emil gets in the car, and he's about to run Robocop down. Robocop dodges at the last second, and he drives into a giant tank, just marked Toxic Waste. <laughs> and then and he is literally... is it. He is flushed out the back of the van, halfway through the melting process from, like, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, yeah. He, he looks like, like like the Toxic Avenger, or... <laughs> it's like it's like he got dipped just a little bit in the dip from Who Framed Roger <laughs> yeah. Rabbit. Yeah. Not enough to kill him, but just enough to make him know it hurts. It's just these uh. creepy, floppy fingers on one hand. It's really gross. It is an absolute tour de force of uh, monster creation. It's great it's makeup. Really, it's so good. Really good. And he spends the next, like, five minutes of the movie just going... Help me! Like he runs into Ray Wise and he's like, Help me! And he's like, Don't touch me, guy who was my friend five minutes ago. Ray Wise turns into like the mean guy in the lunchroom who's just like, I can't be seen with you. Oh, gross! Robocop continues taking everybody out. He finally gets to Boddicker. Boddicker has got. Boddicker shoots Lewis. And Lewis is down for the count. And uh, Robocop goes. Clarence! And Clarence turns around, and Robocop is legit walking on water. (laughs) Which is something that they must have had to R&D for years. Yeah! Because he is, like, easily three tons, at least, of body weight. very heavy. And to be able to balance it, to have the proper kind of, like, material in the soles of his shoes to make that happen, to program the software so that he could shift his weight just right, just in case he, I don't know, has to look cool while he's shooting a dude in a puddle, I guess. <laughs> but before Robocop can take out Boddicker, Ray Wise drops a giant bunch of uh, girders on yeah, his metal head. scrap. <laughs> and that's when uh, the other, the main bad guy stabs Robocop with the Lance of Longinus. Yeah. Yeah, he pulls the Terminator too. Uh, and this is what the, the, the T-1000 does. It just takes a random spike that happens to be around. You know, trash yard spikes. They're everywhere. <laughs> All the time. And just jams it into well, his look, chest. look, guys, I don't know, but I'm throwing away at least four spikes a week. So the the landfill must be full of errant spikes <laughs> at this point. Fair. That is John, fair. I feel like you're not getting all the usage out of your spikes you could be getting. Listen, I am not, I, I'm not a cretin. Once <laughs> my spike gets used, I am throwing it in the trash. I know you can put it through the dishwasher no. on pots and pans and get it clean enough for a second use, but I have guests over, okay? <laughs> I need to make sure that my spikes are 
within the uh, cleanliness I require. Not what you or the factory mandates. He says that, listeners, but the truth is that John put some odd 30 or 40 rebar spikes through corpses before he reread Dracula to find out they had to be wood. (laughs) (laughs) How was I supposed to know? Books are for nerds! John digging up corpses using rebar and railroad ties, big nails. What a jerk. (laughs) John, you're the worst. (laughs) Robocop uh, is stuck under all the scrap. Meanwhile, Ray Wise is celebrating his defeat of Robocop. He's very excited. He's repaid. He's repaid by Lewis shooting him with his 50 cal sniper rifle and exploding him to forever. Blows his entire (laughs) hut up. Robocop finally is assaulted by Boddicker. Boddicker's jamming a spike his chest, and he's going to put Robocop out of his misery. And then Robocop remembers, I got that sweet hacking spike. I bet it works as a weapon, too. <laughs> and he promptly puts it through Clarence Boddicker's skull. Yeah. Which is exactly the reason why we do not currently design computers to be lethal weapons. <laughs> That's right. That is why... They're like, hey, I, I built this bazooka that shoots out flamethrowers from the sides. It's mostly used for quantum computing. <laughs> I think I got Rogue Legacy running on it. <laughs> and it may or may not have a sense of self. <laughs> Guys, this new compact computer I got has four knives that come out. <laughs> and each one's capable of hacking sophisticated computer systems. <laughs> what I love is, though, for the purposes of storytelling, it does boil down the very boring base code of hacking into just stab the computer a couple yes, of times that's right. until it tells you what you want to know. Yeah. That's right. That's how I prefer to hack. <laughs> Robocop goes back to OCP headquarters Kills an Ed 209 on the way in yeah. <laughs> with a confiscated 50 cal sniper rifle. He blows up the Ed 209, leaving just its legs to wander around for eternity, wondering, how did I get here? Yes, yes. That is, is not my beautiful wife. That is not my beautiful house. My God, what have I done? And then Robocop... It's actually a call forward to the uh, Wallace and Gromit wrong trousers episode. <laughs> So the wrong trousers are actually the remnants of Ed 209. Absolutely. Guys, we are the best internet. (laughs) (laughs) So Robocop makes his way up to the boardroom and he lets everyone know that Dick Jones is a monster and he plays the security footage of Dick Jones telling Robocop that Bob Morton had to die because he told too much and this and that. And Dick Jones takes the boss hostage with the ceremonial boardroom gun. That's yes. true. There is a gun in a silver case. With, uh, a, with red a red velvet. velvet. Like yeah. a red crushed velvet interior. On a podium. all On a pedestal. All to itself near a window. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like a big chrome gun. Yeah. It's like a chrome desert eagle. And he pulls it out. You know what it is? It's a sign of trust by the head of the company. He's like, you know what? I am going to leave this loaded gun in this boardroom because I am confident in each and every one of you (laughs) as a human being. Well, it's like tech companies when they have like the, you know, like the break room keg. Yeah, right. (laughs) Like as long as you're responsible, you know, have a couple (laughs) beers. It's all right. Look, as long as you're responsible, play with the boardroom gun. It's okay. (laughs) Spin it around on your fingers. You know, maybe point it at some of the robots. Or do you think that was a recent addition? 
into the office just in case there's an errant Ed 209 in the boardroom. <laughs> well, that, no, because that, that was in there during the Ed yeah, 209 yeah. thing. That <laughs> was the gun he used to point at the Ed 209. This is actually purely a function of being filmed on location in Dallas, Texas. Yeah. <laughs> that is right. That is true. Every, as, as everyone knows, every single office building in Dallas, Texas has at least four ceremonial Desert Eagles. Yeah. Required in, by law. Yes, of by course. Law. Yeah, no. <laughs> hey, Texas, stop being so goddamn terrifying all the time. <laughs> stop being the Australia of America, Texas. Take that, uh, former guest on the show, Alex Peters. <laughs> he doesn't listen to podcasts, so it's okay. <laughs> so RoboCop uh, is kind of lost. He can't kill or arrest anybody who works for OCP. How's he going to get around this? Well, luckily... Board President Donald Trump will say those fatal, fatal words to uh, Dick Jones. He says, you're fired. And RoboCop responds, thank you. And then murders Dick Jones in the best possible way. Shoots him at least four or five times through a... Uh, a glass, glass window. window. And understand, when we say shoots him four or five times, we mean he pulls the trigger four or five times. That's like 50 bullets. Which means yeah. 50 bullets yeah, go yeah. into Dick Jones, who falls out a window and probably turns into a puppet with claymation arms twice as long as his body. I want to know. I want an entire 90-minute documentary about what the fuck happened yeah, with, with this one effect. shot. Because all the stop-motion animation in the movie is so good. Yeah. So good. And then this one scene, they decided, like, nah, man, here's what we're going to do. Just look. Everyone knows arms are kind of long. <laughs> but if you don't well, make them long yeah, enough, this will look weird. The special effects guy was just guessing what arms look like. <laughs> yeah. He's like, well, I ran out of reference material for arms. I can't look at my own for some reason. They're about, I'll eyeball them. They're about three times as long as your torso. <laughs> the green screen guy was actually an octopus. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like if you took that doll and you, like, scaled it up to a human being, it'd be like a six-foot-tall man with an 11-foot wingspan. <laughs> yeah, easy. Uh, Dick Jones flies out the window. We immediately cut back to one of the board members giving Robocop a big thumbs up and a smile. And guess what? That's the denouement. Cut to credits. Yeah. We're no, done no, no, here. No, 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 no. The big boss man turns to Robocop and he fixes his tie and he goes... Nice shooting. What's your name, kid? Oh, right. <laughs> and then RoboCop looks at him, smiles, and says, Murphy. Bum, 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 bum. RoboCop theme credits. Yep. It is amazing. Just the sheer economy of storytelling on display is oh, absolutely yeah. incredible. Yeah. Unlike the economy of describing we've done. Yeah. <laughs> I think our podcast is it's probably longer, longer than the, the running time yeah. of the movie. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, audience, you fucked up. You could have easily watched and or read the script of yeah. RoboCop in the time <laughs> it took three idiots to tell you half-remembered things through the lens of drunkenness. <laughs> Cheers, everybody. But then you wouldn't have gotten my sweet laser disc references. <laughs> That's John A.V. Club Rooney. Oh, man, don't you hate it when you're halfway through your laser disc, but it has to flip over because it ran out of space? Am I right? We'll be right back with bullet points. <laughs> bullet points! All right, we are back with our very first bullet point. Best kill! Pew, pew! Patrick, what's your best kill? 
I'm going with the hut explosion. Oh, okay. I, I like that uh, the guy, he's, he's coming out, and he's, you know, it's the whole look, ma, no hands, I just totally saved your life, instead of shooting RoboCop with the big explosion. So just cow. the amount of rage in Mark's eyes when you say It is a boost! <laughs> it is a hut! I, I love that this is the hill you've both chosen to die on. This is the schism that will forever separate I'm our... I'm digging in, man! I'm digging in! <laughs> In any case, he has no idea it's coming, and then he is completely vaporized. Like, you don't see him springboard off of the explosion. You just see an explosion. Yeah, he just disappears. He's yeah, gone he's forever. Gone. <laughs> John, what's your best kill? Uh, mine has to be Emil, who turns into a grotesque mutant. The movie becomes a trauma movie for a good five <laughs> minutes. Uh, and not only does he get hit by a car, but he gets hit by a car and is immediately liquefied. Yeah, his yeah. head flies over the uh, the car. His <clears throat> legs go under the car. His the rest of his body is just blood and viscera. Yeah, it's yeah. like orange and green goo, and it just <laughs> blows up all over the place. It is exactly because you're looking and you're see, you see see you have enough time to process what's going on you see the mutant you see the car you're like oh that car's gonna hit that mutant what could possibly happen <laughs> and the greatest grotesque death of cinema history happens it's so good it's so good i'm actually on board with john with this one emil is the best death i will say honorable mention is Boddicker getting the uh the hack spike, spike the to the neck yeah. because even one. though you don't even see it you don't see it happen. You just see him punch off camera, and then Boddicker falls down, and it's still just like, this, this is blood spray. Yeah. And I will also give uh, other next honorable mention to Murphy getting blown up by all the shotguns. Yeah, he gets killed pretty good himself. Yeah, it's pretty great. <laughs> yeah. His hand gets exploded off his arm. It's awesome. <laughs> all right, moving on to Body Count. Body Counts. John, what's the body count? I'm pretty low, I'm guessing. I'm going to put it at uh, 20. Patrick, body count. Yeah, I'm going to go actually uh, maybe 12. Wow. The confirmed body count is 34. Whoa. That's Yeah, that's actually surprising. I know. Yeah. This is the first time where we've done a body count where I didn't immediately afterwards go, that seems low. Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. That's like, that seems a little, like... High. A little high. Yeah. But then I remembered, like, there's the part where he goes on, like, the cocaine factory rampage. Oh, right. yeah. Yeah, yeah. quite a few people. And then there's there. also the scene where uh, there's, like, we didn't talk about it before, but there's, like, the... The, ba- the bad guys, when they get all their 50 cal sniper rifles, have like a little street riot. Oh, that's oh yeah. And yeah. just start blowing stuff up. By. Yeah. Well, I yeah. think what it is, is each death feels so personal and so visceral that yes. it, it just, it feels like a huge Rambo 3 caliber action movie. Right. With just people dying. But then you stop and think about, well, no, you know, only a couple dozen people died yeah. at most. Sure. Like, because Murphy's a good cop. And that will take us to our next bullet point. War crimes! War crimes! Patrick, tell me about some war crimes. Uh, taking the corpse of a police officer <laughs> and reconstructing him into an automatron killing machine. I feel like that, that there's... I hope that there's a law against that somewhere. <laughs> I'm actually a little worried right now as I think of it that there's not. Oh, Yeah. That's pretty bad. Yeah. That's human experimentation. That's borderline torture. That's that is- Mengele yes. right there. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yikes. Gross. John, war crime. Um, I mean, 
I guess the, uh, you know, unleashing private military personnel upon a civilian population. Sure. The city of Detroit is almost immediately overrun by a RoboCop, and they yes. have plans on putting many, many more out in the streets. Yeah. And this is a private corporation. Uh, Runner-up is going to be the ongoing sitcom that happens in the background of this movie. <laughs> I'd buy that for a dollar because clearly they put all of the drugs into a giant blender and said, <laughs> let's put this in the movie every five minutes. It is delightful. Well, it's great because all it is, it's like two young, like nubile bikini clad women and one gross balding old man with like smoked glasses yeah. and a mustache. And what I love is it's not that he's making sexual innuendo. He's literally just saying, I'm going to sleep with both of you now. Well, basically what it is is the people are, are offering him things. Like these two women are like, we're both going to sleep with you. And then he's like, I'd buy that for a dollar. And what I love is uh, later on in the movie, one of the board members is like trying to be buddy buddies with his friends. He's like, hey, huh, huh. I'd, I'd buy that for a dollar. I'm like, <laughs> this this movie makes time for the shitty coworker that only quotes television yeah. shows. Hey man, say what you want because also Emil chuckles at that show. That yeah, show is right. like cross class humor. <laughs> it is killing it no matter where it plays. That's a it's a four quadrant blockbuster, guys. Yeah. <laughs> it is definitely against the Geneva Convention. Yes, it right. is clearly used as an instrument of enhanced interrogation. <laughs> my uh, my war crime is the fifty cal sniper rifles. <laughs> <laughs> because at one point, uh, Boddicker and Dick Jones are talking, and they're, Dick Jones is like, you have to go kill RoboCop. And Boddicker's like, well, I'm going to need some heavy-duty shit. Do you have any military-grade equipment? And then Dick Jones says, we practically are the military. Cut to giant fifty caliber <laughs> sniper rifles in the hands of criminals blowing up a strip club, blowing up a mailbox, definitely a federal crime. Yeah. <laughs> blowing up cars, shooting at an officer, a police officer, yeah. who, yes, is still a robot police officer, but still <laughs> a police officer. Yeah. So that's definitely my war crime, is just explosive guns that do on the hands of criminals. <laughs> like, you're, you're taking a hard stand, I don't care who knows it. I don't think criminals should have exploding fifty caliber sniper rifles. That's right. Send your angry tweets to <laughs> at Body Count Cast. And that finally takes us to our last bullet point. Is this an action movie? Is this an action movie? John, is this an action movie? This is equal parts action movie and, like, dark comedy satire. Oh, yeah, and absolutely. I, I think they both work so perfectly together that you can't definitively call it one or the other. I, I agree. Patrick? Oh, I'm going action movie. There is so little that is told to me from, like, a storytelling perspective that isn't done with violence or something awesome. <laughs> like, I'll agree with you. Like, it's loaded up with satire and commentary, but... All of that commentary is expressed with explosions and blood. And so, yes, action movie all the way. If Rambo First Blood Part 1 is an action movie, then this is an action movie. Uh, What you said was just a line of gibberish. There's no movie (laughs) called Rambo First Blood Part 1. Well, I don't want people to get confused about Part 2. 
That that's was true. Arrow fight time. Because here's the thing: if he'd have just said First Blood, people would be like, "What's First Blood? Is that that movie where Sean Connery is King Arthur and Richard Gere is Lancelot?" They would have thought that. And no, then he'd be like, "No, that's First Night." And then he'd be like, "No, isn't that the movie where Martin Lawrence goes back in time and he's a knight?" And you go, "No, that's Black Knight." And he'd be like, "No, no, isn't that the movie where Batman fights the Joker?" And you're gonna go, "No, that's Bat. That's Dark Knight Returns." And then you'd be like, "Isn't that that comic book Fred Miller, Fra- Frank Miller wrote?" And you'd be like. No, that's that's RoboCop two. <laughs> that's what would happen. So yeah. yeah. Also, yes, this is an action movie. <laughs> well, thank you, Mark. Uh, so that's pretty much it. Well, let's wrap things up. Uh, John, hot take. What's your uh, final review of RoboCop? Uh, my final review is five shots through RoboCop's gun, which actually equals five thousand bullets. Patrick, final review of RoboCop. I am happy to say that I would give Murphy a hand. (laughs) (laughs) Mark, your final review of RoboCop. I give it 72 hacking spikes to the face. (laughs) Shit, you know what, guys? We all fucked up. Not a single one of us would buy this for a dollar. (laughs) All right. Burn the podcast. We're starting fresh. Yes, please take all of your podcasting devices and destroy them. Guys, your podcasts are woefully out of date. Please mail them to this P.O. Box in Kyoto. We will patch them for you and send them back on an SD card. Send all of your podcasts to Care of Pit in New Mexico. <laughs> send them to one, two, three, fucking, I don't know, Body Counts and Bullets <laughs> Avenue, I guess. Body Counts and Bullets? <laughs> the name of our rival podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> John. So Body Counts and Bullets out there, if you got an angry tweet for us name dropping you, you jerks. We're so- coming after your podcast time slot. <laughs> Get scared. Yeah. Soon we'll come out on Thursdays, jerks. I'm Mark Rosenthal. I'm Patrick Bromley. I had no idea we had a rival podcast, and I'm John Rooney. We don't, and this has been Body Counts and Beer. Good night! Body Counts and Beer is Patrick, Yamaha Sports Heart Bromley, John, Newcomb Rooney, and Mark, 6000 SUX Rosenthal. Please subscribe to us on iTunes and or SoundCloud. Leave us a rating or review. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at BodyCountCast. Or email us at BodyCountsAndBeer at gmail.com.